All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to Make It Plain Wayne, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, <laughs> and this is Elevated Friendship. So I'm going to get into a topic today that I actually got a little bit delayed on for quite a while that I, as promised, did not promise. <laughs> and that is Cosby, R. Kelly, and MJ. So if you've been following these stories, for Bill Cosby, his legacy and all that we've seen and the greatness of the 80s and and the the dominance in comedy that he created is being torn down um and and whether anybody says that it was or wasn't um and especially if they say it wasn't that's that's not true it's 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 constantly being torn down now and then with R Kelly the king of R&B um as he's been called and as we've you know kneeled and bowed down to him for years I mean, he's facing the surviving R. Kelly backlash that is um, is killing him. <laughs> and I mean, his, his album sales might have went up just because of the popularity popularity of his name, but all attention isn't good attention. And then, of course, we get to finally MJ. We've seen his name in the news for years involving boys and his Neverland Ranch, but now it's kind of come you know full circle where. Usually those stories that don't deserve much airtime, that don't deserve anything, they usually kind of fade away. If there's nothing to grasp, nothing to hold on to, they usually fade away. But this one came back and came back in, in a very roaring and powerful fashion. And um, I'm even afraid to look into it because it it seems like they did too good of a job exposing this, which honestly for the music and the man that we've loved so much, I'd rather just admit that maybe what they said was right instead of going in and looking at all the evidence and just back away. But we're talking about Cosby, we're talking about R. Kelly, and we're talking about MJ. So why am I talking about this? Well, honestly, I really had to get my head together to do this podcast and speak on it because it affects me as a person. And and there are about two or three other podcasts that I could do just from this one podcast. But <laughs> these, the, the, the fate, the backlash, and the, uh, I want to say the dirt that has been dug up on these three, it, it affects me deeply and greatly. You know, not just one of them, but all three of them. And I'm going to kind of explain why. There's a humanity and a legacy to everybody. A humanity and a legacy. The humanity side says, this is private and I don't talk about this. Or this is so personal about me that it's buried not in the basement, but 10 and 20 floors below the basement, Resident Evil style, Umbrella Corporation style, where the zombies and nasty creatures that, that would never be allowed up, that's where the super secret personal stuff is. And 
that might be nightmares. It might be pleasures. It might be things that you could never even tell anybody. And if you're locked onto that thing, thinking about that thing, whatever it is that keeps you up at night or it makes you drool out of complete passion, whatever that thing is, that's the humanity side. The mistakes, the things that your family knows that nobody else knows that are just normal, average bits of information. They know you like a certain gravy at certain meals. They know you like a certain pie at certain meals. They know what you do and don't eat and how long you've, you know, really been that way. That humanity side is, it's reserved for a special few. And I mean, you know, for women, I think it's a beautiful thing. That humanity side is where everybody sees you without makeup. They know what your naked face looks like, which, by the way, is a beautiful thing. So let's talk about that legacy side. So on the legacy side, you see someone who I look up to, uh, Usain Bolt, the world's greatest sprinter ever. He completed the triple-triple, which I don't know how you do it, but three Olympics, three 100 gold Olympics, three 200 gold Olympic medals, and three four-by-one Olympic gold medals. He's a legend. He probably floats. He probably walks on air. Now, his legendary side can never be touched because you see his time, you see his names, you see what he's done. It can never be touched. Only because we're in America, if if you're listening to this and you're American, only because of America would you not completely go in on Usain Bolt. Same thing for Michael Jordan. Those six rings are six more than Kobe, six more than LeBron. And I mean, whatever they do to catch up, it's like as great and as amazing as Kobe was. And as great as as LeBron is and, and the things that he's trying to do now with, you know, L.A. That legendary status. It puts you in a, a position Where people are going to talk about you almost as if you're bulletproof, almost as if they know you better than the person that they're arguing, you know, with. And they might not have even met you, but that's how powerful the legacy is. It's no different for, you know, Mariah Carey, Beyonce, Barbara Streisand, you you know, got your country singers, you know, Blake Shelton, Shania Twain. Uh, faith, <laughs> you know, and I don't know them, you know, their stories as well as I know R&B and hip hop, but there is a legend and, and I'm curious enough to ask those questions and people are brave enough to tell me the humanity and the legacy side of these country artists. And when I look into the humanity and legacy side of anybody I've listened to, whether it's gospel, whether it's, you know, pop music R&B, even classical music or um, uh, public speakers, 
I think it, it's fair to say that everybody has some type of demon or demons that they fight. And I think it's up to you whether you can put them away early or they're ongoing. Uh, but it's not the same for everybody. And what blows me away about this is you can see this. <laughs> it's like the thing that keeps everybody really humble. You can see that someone has such a gift or a blessing that is so powerful that it puts them so far up and above everyone else. But behind closed doors, you, you find out that they have something that they fight daily that is almost as worse as that gift is a blessing. <laughs> and it kind of it kind of reminds me of what we see now with not just social media and that hype that creates a backlash, but people that win the lottery. The humanity side is you've been working this job for 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a week. You've been going by this place to buy your lottery ticket, maybe a little milk, donuts, maybe you buy a little now and later, some Twizzlers, you know, uh, 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 almost said Fruitopia, but they don't even make those anymore. Surge, <laughs> Clear, clearly Canadian, all these things that don't exist anymore. You buy yourself a soda, whatever it is, you know, coffee. You win that lottery. And that legendary side immediately pops up where you can distance yourself from anyone and everyone you've ever known. Where that townhome or that apartment you live in that has the, the bathroom, that door almost hits your knees when you sit down and <laughs> to use the toilet. You can buy buildings the same size as your building without even making a scratch to your bank account now. You can go and buy properties that are double the size of the land that your home, your apartment, or even your job is located on. You, you can step right into immediate real estate ownership. So this humanity and legacy contrast exist in everyone, which is, I did a podcast on nice guys and girls finish last. I did a three-part series. Check it out anytime. But one thing that it always blows me away about how much as men, we fall into the allure and sensuality and the, the I'll say it, worship of these supermodels and gorgeous women is these guys are worshiping these women as if something doesn't hit them wrong and they have to run to the toilet. <laughs> as if they're not going to live and die just like you. As if they don't have to inhale and exhale just like you. That legacy is a trip. Bring it back to humanity. Understand it. So we have these issues. Let's go to the issues. You know, as far as Cosby... It, now, if you don't know and you're a little bit younger and you were born, um, I'll say after 1990, you probably don't know who Bill Cosby is at all. Now, you might know uh, 
you might know R. Kelly's music. You, you know, some of his early 2000s music might be thrown in the playlist and you hear it on the radio, which is cool. And definitely with MJ, I mean, there's kids that still, I mean, they're not even teenagers yet. And some Michael Jackson music comes on and they start dancing to it, popping the locking. Um, there's just so much energy in MJ's music and, and that's how he produced it. That's how he made it. He's been doing this since he was like five years old. So it's it's not hard for him to connect to the pulse of what makes music great. But to get into Cosby's allegations, first, you need to understand the climate of comedy that Bill Cosby came from. And in the in the 70s and 80s, if you wanna if you wanna cheat and look at who Bill Cosby was up against who he befriended and who uh, who he was compared to. Go watch a movie called Harlem Nights. It stars the the great Richard Pryor and his comedic genius, Eddie Murphy and his comedic genius. Yes, this is before Shrek, before he was the donkey, before the clumps. Um, and this was you know right after Eddie Murphy's Raw and Delirious, his standups that made him a worldwide success and made him a international success, especially here in the U.S. Red Fox, Charlie Murphy. We know Charlie Murphy from uh, the uh, Dave Chappelle show. He just passed. Um, uh, Red Fox <laughs> and his comedic genius, uh, Sanford and Son, was the show that Everyone will probably tag and 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 that we know him from. Uh, God, I believe her name was Leela Rashan, and uh, the the I'm, I'm drawing a blank on Red Fox's wife um, in the movie, but she's um, the Touched by an Angel star. I just I can't get her name right now, but beautiful actress, lovely woman, um, great career. Um, this was who Bill Cosby was up against. And if you did not know, Bill Cosby preferred not to curse in his shows, to curse in his comedy. And even if it might have happened early on, he decided to clean it up and make it you know, nice and presentable. The comedy that he created, it was basically him versus watch that movie anytime. It's a classic comedy that he created rivaled the cursing and the vulgarity that actually makes us laugh now. So if you watch a show like Blackish or Mixedish or Grownish, if you're watching a show like uh, the reruns of Martin, Malcolm and Eddie, Living Single, A Different World, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, all of this was possible because of Bill Cosby's show, The Cosbys. Cliff Huxtable, Claire Huxtable. Uh, so, I mean, his children, you know, from Rudy, uh, Denise, Vanessa. I mean, you know, Theo, uh, Sandra, <laughs> Cockroach, uh, even little Peter, uh, you know, Rudy's friend and then Bud. <laughs> I mean, this comedy created and molded what we would know as safe, clean black comedy. 
in that safe, clean black comedy, you would never assume that Bill Cosby would put date rape drug in 77 women's uh, drinks and take advantage of them. Now, as a father of a daughter, here's where for me, it's an old school and a new school lesson. I don't mind teaching girls at all. If there is a hotel room and you are visiting that hotel room after dinner time, you're in trouble. If you aren't about that man or that woman, because let's be honest, I mean, this is a new world. If you aren't about that man or about that woman in that way, take it however you want. Don't go. Do not go. Another great comedian, uh, Louis C.K., um, he's been exposed and, and a lot of issues, you know, while he was drinking and um, exposed himself to some ladies and was, you know, doing things. Um, but but ladies, like, please take this advice and please take this to heart. I, I remember a quote from a movie. I think it was the Italian job where uh, uh, it was either Donald or Keith, Keith, Kiefer Sutherland. I can't remember, but it's the dad. It's the dad Sutherland. President Snow from Hunger Games. <laughs> he said, it's okay to trust people. Just don't trust the devil inside of them. We all carry the capacity to do things wrong. But what you're willing to allow when you enter certain environments exposes you to maximum damage. Driving down the street when it's 80 degrees and the sun is out and the road is clear, no damage at all. Driving that same street at 45, 50 miles an hour with ice on it, you're crazy. And if you don't live in a place that has four seasons, you don't know what I'm talking about. I live in a place, if, if you, you know, live in Chicago or anywhere in the Midwest, you understand that in July, you can drive down a road, 80 degrees, windows down, greatest day of your life. 80 degrees, drive down that street, 50 miles an hour, have your snacks, ice cream, whatever, having the greatest time of your life. In six months, no, I said six, six, five, yeah, five or six months, that thing will be 20, 10, five below zero, ice covered, in, covered, completely covered. It's up to you how you want to drive on that. If it's completely covered with ice, bad scenario. This is bad. I'm scared for you. And we watch the news to find out what roads we can and can't take. So this is what I'm saying. This is the road you can and can't take. After dinner. Actually, let me just cut to it. Anybody's hotel room. If you're going to anybody's hotel room at any time in history and you aren't about them and what they have to offer. Don't go. So what do they have to offer? I don't know. I don't know what these stars are about. Do women try to take advantage of boys? Maybe. I do know that now that we have these, 
you know, younger high school and elementary teachers, it's mainly high school teachers that are doing things with these young men. For me, I don't feel it's the same way because I feel the male sex drive and testosterone is almost (laughs) it's almost borderline dangerous. Just how much we have. But we were built that way. To me, the sad thing is we, we haven't been teaching how to control that better. Sports isn't enough. Are women doing this too? Yes. Does it probably gross out the moms and aunts? And, you know, it probably does because you, you think that your son is going to get an education and you have a thought for him and, and a vision for him and you find out his you know, algebra teacher, you know, dropping it like it's hot. She's twerking on him. You know, I don't know how I'd feel about that. If I was that, the dad of that son and, you know, I don't know. You can't high five. Good job, son. When, you know, your, you know, your wife, your, you know, and his mom wants to kill her. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like a really. Mm. But back to Cosby. He's set himself up to where his legacy is so powerful that you can't see the humanity because you think that his legacy is his humanity. There, you think that they're one and the same. That No, Bill Cosby would never do that. Bill Cosby would never do this. Bill Cosby would never do that. It's godlike. The influence and the changes in people that you see from his shows from his comedy and the things that he did. That's the legacy. What I didn't know, what nobody knew, was that his humanity and his legacy combined were one thing altogether. That was all just legacy. His legacy and humanity was one and the same. Great teacher, great mentor. The things he did for historically black colleges, these HBCUs, Great. You can't take away anything great that he did. But the thing is, people confuse his legacy for his humanity. So I'm here to say, I still love the show. I still love the characters that were created on the show. I love the actors and actresses, how they portrayed the things that molded my mind and how I went up and, and saw, you know, Family Matters, Steve Urkel, uh, you know, Martin, Living Single, uh, Different World, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Because of his show, it molded the way we saw what clean black comedy could do. And then you have, you know, shows like Friends where, you know, one of the writers actually came from In Living Color for uh, uh, for Friends. The legacy. <laughs> No, not Bill Cosby. He'd never do that. He would never do this. Well, do you know? Some people don't even know what speed they were driving when the police officer pulls them over. Some people don't even know that they were wrong on their taxes when they try to do it by themselves. Some people don't even realize they ran a stop sign. You know, Some people don't even know what they're even doing. You don't even know where you went wrong. So for me... How can you tell me exactly what this person is and isn't doing when you don't even know all of your life? 
you don't even know all of the things that you've done or, or done right. You know, it's like we go down this list of trying to validate or tear down everything that someone's done. It's like, well, hold, 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 hold on. Do you even know yourself that well? If we put you under a microscope and started asking you questions, right or wrong, would you get them right? And I mean, it does happen. You know, people ask you to come down to the police station and they interrogate you for a little bit and you find out that maybe you didn't know what you thought you knew or you've been living in a bubble, your own reality, and you don't know what you said you know. (laughs) But we, we got busted up over this and one woman is too many. One woman is too many. So the fact that I mean, over 70 step forward, I felt gross. I felt disgusting. Because to, to me, and this is, this is me just being honest and speaking to you, I'm just being real. We're adults. If we have a desire toward each other and you have a desire toward me, whether it's right or wrong, I think Ashley Madison has proved that people have affairs, that people decide in their mind that, you know, they're going to go do something. Whether you decide it's right or wrong or it hurts people, that's up to you. That's your moral compass. I won't force that on anybody. But uh, that's a lot of women to drug. I mean, if you think about it, like there's some cafeterias or uh, uh you know, fast food chains that serve about that many people an hour. That'd be like just dropping a, just bloop, bloop, bloop. Just dropping that thing or whatever, the date rape drug, just dropping into every drink for everybody that comes through the, that's a lot. So I would say one is too many. Five is like, oh my God, this is horrible. But when we, when we get in the double digits, And those double digits are now more than 20. That's a habit. Now, you could easily say these women were coached to say the same thing. They met with one another. And the part I don't understand is if they're coached, why would you want to be coached to say something that would destroy your life forever? Because I'm pretty sure none of this has has been proved. I mean, the, the limitations We're out of the limitations. But none of this has really been proven. It's just the number is so great. It's hard to look away from. It's like a vote. We vote. And the people that don't vote, you can't really say anything because you didn't vote. I know it's it's hard. But... (laughs) Why is the number so high? And if we're going to look at it and say, well, they were coached. You just ruined your life because it hasn't been proven. And if my boss is a Cosby fan through and through and they want to fire me or now I'm labeled as the tattletale of, of fiction 
that I tell lies and I'm lying on Cosby and everybody there is working at the Cosby fund that's giving everybody jobs and they want to fire me. Why? Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to endanger my life so I can finally tell the truth with a lie? So why endanger my livelihood and my wealth to tell a lie? I mean, the money isn't that good. I mean, you look at Monica Lewinsky, what she got caught with, her and the president, her life has never benefited from this, I, I, I don't believe. She has books, she does interviews and shows. Um, I don't know if she's found some saving grace, but this hurt. I'm sorry. You don't know how many Cosby episodes I watched and I thought he was just brilliant. I thought the comedy and how he structured it and the, the life lessons that he taught his son, because for those of us that don't have dads or moms and you aren't raised in a home like the Huxtables, this is it's beautiful stuff because <laughs> you get a piece of a life that maybe you didn't have and you get to see how it was supposed to be done. So I grew up thinking I got to find my Claire Huxtable. And when she gets done with a long day, I'm going to massage her feet. I'm going to, you know, battle with her intellectually. And then we'll have our Rudy. You know, we'll have our Theo and Vanessa and uh, Sandra. And, you know, the cast was loaded. It was dope. And I even heard that, you know, Whitney Houston had auditioned for the part of Sandra. So that legacy can never be rebuilt in the way that it's being torn down. And for me as a man, it makes me feel horrible because I'm like, wow, like women are going to look at him and see me in that in some way, because now this man that painted this image of greatness can't be trusted. So now any man that does great things and is a good man can't be trusted. Is it just, is the legacy a lie like Cosby? You know, because I've, I've had people say this. Nobody can be that good. Nobody can be that great. He's got to be on some kind of drug. He's got to be on something. And the hard part is, if you know good men that are just great people and you I mean, they don't even give you a reason to think wrong. This makes it harder. It makes it so much harder. But hold on. I talked about Cosby. I think I wore that out. Bottom line, it hurts. It hurts me. It hurts everybody. I don't know where everybody is, you know, on Cosby. And if it's one of those things where he's just old enough now where we can just phase out and and not have to talk about it, I get it. And that's okay. But for the lives that he's damaged and the women that he's damaged, I mean... We expect these women to operate with a well-functioning mind and brain, but we don't know what they've been through. So for him to do what he did, we're now getting to see his true humanity, which was horrible, was nasty. Now, if this was all a joke, if this was all a game and none of this was true, you know, shame on these women. They've destroyed a man's legacy. They've destroyed his career. Maybe their careers connected to it. The writers, the directors, the actors, the actresses. 
Shame on them for, for lying if they did. But if they were telling the truth and they've been suffering in misery for 30 years. <sighs> Y'all are really OK with that? Let's talk about R. Kelly. Good old Robert. Now, for those of you who don't know, if you're not an R. Kelly fan like I am, you've heard rumors over the years. And Dave Chappelle kind of put him on blast, um, maybe in the biggest way on his Chappelle show, you know, making fun of him, the P on you video where, you know, it was a remix to Ignition, you know, meme. It's like before memes, there was Chappelle. <laughs> Chappelle would get you really good. And this was before social media. If Dave Chappelle would have hit at the same time that Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter were all firing the way they are now, oh, man, he wouldn't have been going to Africa. He would have been able to demand whatever he wanted from them. But R. Kelly... If you're an R. Kelly fan like I am, you understand that no one in R&B has done what he's done. He has locked in with steel and concrete his place in the R&B world. And really, if you were to say there was a king of R&B, nobody even comes close to him. We're talking R. Kelly and public announcement from, from right after the days he would sing to people after they would come out of McDonald's in Chicago at the park as a kid from R. Kelly and Public Announcement, Honey Love, Vibe, all the way up to you have uh, Trapped in the Closet and <laughs> Remix to Ignition and all the great hits that, you know, from basically 2000 almost all the way to, to 2010, just hitting it. Around the, around the time, you know, we got R. Kelly, we had Bobby Brown. We had Aaron Hall, who I kind of say he stole his look from. We had Keith Sweat, dope, still great. We had Al B. Shore. We had Ralph Tresvant, Johnny Gill. But these guys alone, you'd have to put... An album together, a, a, a playlist of all those guys. There's a lot I left out. You'd have to put together a playlist of all those guys' greatest hits just to compare to R. Kelly from 90 to 99. The thing was, I don't even think he had a... I don't even think R. Kelly had anything out in you know, 98 and 99. But his success was so dominant after I believe I can fly that, I mean, they were singing this in churches, even after his hearing for messing with some, somebody's girl, underage minor, he was due at a church service singing, I believe I can fly the next day. Nobody has done that or will do that. <coughs> Excuse me. Come to the two thousands then because nobody's doing this. Like I said, nobody, from this time period, from the 90s, is sliding over all the way to the 2000s, where he is battling Usher, Chris Brown, Neo, Trey Songs, Maxwell, Tank, 
Brian McKnight, my Brian McKnight. <laughs> Tyrese. How is he doing this? I heard that R. Kelly had a third grade reading level, that he doesn't read very well. So could it be that he's just such a musical genius and so talented that he just said, I'm going to stay in my own lane. I do what I do well. I'm not good at <laughs> the higher functions, the higher level functions. So I'm just going to be R. Kelly and make hit music. He did that. And he's been doing that. I mean, R. Kelly's music can be sung in churches, weddings, parties, and the most intimate times with you and that special someone. That's a very hard thing to do. And if it isn't this album, the next album can do that. There's some albums he has where you can almost in a church, in a wedding, in a party, intimate. It almost hits those things on every album, especially after I Believe I Can Fly. Now, surviving R. Kelly, that for me turned his humanity completely over on the top of his legacy. And this is why. The legacy of R. Kelly has been so great because it hasn't happened during social media. He's always had somebody trailing his bumper with these allegations of underage teenage girls. I've heard comedians joke about it many times. And the, th the thing is, um, Hannibal Buress was the one that exposed Cosby. And many people knew about this behind the scenes date rape drug type of Cosby. But with R. Kelly, comedians would talk about this. People in Chicago knew about this. And for me, it started to line up and I just didn't feel good about it anymore. I'm like, I don't like this. I started putting two and two together on my own and I had to stop listening to his music. I just, I didn't feel right. I canceled, delete all of it. Like, I'm not listening to that anymore. Drop that off, his play, off my playlist. Then, two years later, after I made this decision to where I was like, I just don't feel good about this dude. I just don't. Something in me just said, stop it. Cut it. Two years later, Surviving R. Kelly comes out. Mute R. Kelly comes out as a movement. Let me tell you how horrible I felt. Because this man is in me. <laughs> you could go to a wedding right now, pop on the music. I don't even need the, the karaoke. I will sing this song for a wedding party and they'll love it. They'll enjoy it. Not even thinking twice. This man is a part of how I saw love, how I saw attraction how I saw heartbreak, how I saw so many things vicariously through his eyes that I would go through later in life as a teen, as, you know, in my 20s and even, you know, up, up before I got married. 
He was a part of that. And now that these women are interviewing, the allegations are lining up. Aaliyah, the studio, the mute R. Kelly, survive R. Kelly, the women that are trapped, the families that are asking for their daughters back, the guys that do and don't want to talk about it, the stars that do know about these places and these incidents and things that are going on, some of them can't even talk. They've been bound and threatened. So the hard part is if you expose R. Kelly, are there people behind him and around him that are a part of this that make it way bigger than R. Kelly? Are people paying to keep this on the hush or are people paying to disconnect themselves from him so that he can drown? The world is full of bad people and bad decisions. If they were helping and included in this drama, and there's people behind the scenes that are wrong, they're going to cut him loose. It's just too much. And now he's getting beat up bad, not just in court, but social media as well. And friends of mine are, are fighting for him. <coughs> Excuse me. Friends are fighting for him. I'm, I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize. <laughs> and I'm like, why? You don't even know him. You don't even fight this hard for your own family, your cousins, your friends, your own wife, your own husband. You'll fight for this singer and you won't even dedicate the same time and energy to making your own life right. You argue with your boss every day and they're the one that control your paycheck. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. How is everybody fighting for these singers, these entertainers, and they don't know them? If you want to fight that they were right, go get your go get your info, get your research, do the full research. If you want to say that they're wrong, do it all. For me, my position is this is just too much. This is too much. And the hard, the hardest part is if Bill Cosby was molested or taken advantage of in some way, there is no way you would ever get anyone from that generation to admit it. Never. Mm-mm. I do believe I heard something about R. Kelly being abused um, and sexually molested at a young age. So to him, now he thinks it's okay to do that to other people. I've seen the memes. I've laughed at them. But this was, this was deeply troubling for me. This was hard. Because what's the number one thing you do when you get in your car after a good day, a bad day, a wedding, a funeral, a party, driving down the street? You turn on that music and it becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your release or your retreat. So the fact that this man is torturing these little girls and twisting the words to make, you know, the parents seem like they handed their child over to a sexual predator. If they're making up the story to get money, shame on them. They're wrong. 
and they should be thrown in jail or court for defamation and slandering his name. But if one of these stories is right, and the, the niece of Sparkles that he was peeing on in that video way back in the early 2000s, if this is correct, if this is true, And some of it, I won't go into all of it in specific detail. I'm not Nancy Grace. I'm not Johnny Cochran. I'm not the leading prosecutor that you would want to chat with with all of this. But some of it from what I've looked at is so bad. And it has nothing to do with he say, she say. It's just common sense. Some of the things that you can look up that just pertain to common sense are so bad that I'm like, It's just too much. It's too much. His legacy isn't powerful enough for me to look past his humanity. It really isn't. And it's sad because so much of his music is such a part of me. I grew up on it. I grew up on his music more than Bill Cosby's uh, comedy because with Cosby, it was just one show. With R. Kelly, I have all of his albums. Almost the same thing with MJ. Luckily for me, I went through a period in life where I just put all the music and entertainment on hold. I just pushed it to the side. I did that for me. A lot of you might not get that opportunity, but it's one of the best things I ever did. I stepped aside from the music that I listened to, from basically anything that I felt keeping me from being the best version of me, which was pretty much everything I listened to. And I just wasn't listening to, you know, any, really any music from from the times I grew up in. I think I I would listen to music from like the 70s. I just kind of backed up. I didn't like the way my mind was being controlled. (laughs) And we're all controlled in some way. We, We allow these controls these forces in, good or bad. We do that. We do that to ourselves. But had I not been through that time, I wouldn't have been able to make a clean break and just say, you know what? I don't need Cosby. I don't need R. Kelly. I can go listen to Usher or Chris Brown or Neil or Trey Songs, Maxwell, Tank, <laughs> Brian McKnight. I'm not saying they're perfect or, you know, their lives are, you know, so much better, but that issue hurt me, but I'm going to be okay. You know, not listening to his music isn't going to hurt me at all. I have more music. I have plenty of music. And that's what makes it so hard when you get to MJ. Michael Jackson is such a dominant success that if you mention his name, it will swallow up and almost remove any other talk about anybody else. He's such a world international star. And he's been doing this since he was a child. So there isn't anything or any height in music that he hasn't reached. Unless you're talking about, you know, doing it in this current day and age. His legacy is so powerful and so dominant that these stories coming out about him now. I mean, they're wearing us out. 
I have a group of friends that have performed routines specifically to Michael Jackson's dances. And the girls that they danced in front of went crazy over them, love them. <laughs> MJ was so much more than just a dancer. He was so much more than a singer. He really was moving art. So how does a man like that, who is such a dominant success as a child in the Jackson 5, as a, as a teenager, you've got Off the Wall, you've got Thriller, you've got Beat It, Bad, Dangerous. I listen to and have listened to all these albums. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, what are we allowed to listen to with Michael? Because his legacy includes some of this dirt and, and this Neverland and the giving alcohol to kids to take advantage of them. The hush money. These grown men are coming forward and they're just saying, I can't do this anymore. I remember seeing this as a kid and I remember thinking it was just such a lie. It was such a lie. But the part that's hard for me that I'm seeing in life as I get a little bit older. Now, I wouldn't say old, just older. Things that are true make a complete circle. It's like a wedding band. <laughs> it makes a complete circle. It's like a, a like track and field. It's like a 400 meters. You start here, you end here. Makes a four by four. <laughs> How do we come back to this? Maybe we weren't done. Maybe all that money and hush money and this kid and that kid and maybe we weren't done. Maybe we need to maybe we need to calm down next time we, you know, see these stories and not just take every clip from the news and run with it. Oh, he got, they paid off. They were lying. They got paid off. They were lying. He settled out of court. Well, who was lying now? So I'm going to ask you a question. If I'm 10 years old and a grown man, grown woman walks up to me in broad daylight and slaps me in the face, no one else is around. Did that really happen? I'm only asking because this, these are the types of scenarios that have painted and decorated the Me Too, Time's Up, Cosby, Mute R. Kelly, Surviving R. Kelly, and now we're back on MJ. Now you have people like Mike Tyson, large black man, the ability to knock anybody out in the heat of his day. He has a rape allegation thrown on him that there was no way he could have it thrown off. I mean, I thank God for social media because if social media would have been around at that time, he probably would have killed himself. And as we get to know this man a little bit more, we know that he had issues going on that during that time that include being molested as a child, 
And his mom used to give him drugs and alcohol just to get him to go to sleep at 10 and 11. And he's doing the same things that kids experiment with in college. These are messed up people. And if you didn't know, if mental health is important in other communities, it should be just as important in black communities. So we shouldn't be taking this for granted. We got to calm down when we hear these news stories and see these news stories. I remember thinking, oh, my God, I hope this isn't true. I'm just a kid now, but if Michael Jackson did that to those kids, it would make him the worst human being ever. I think the thing about us as human beings, as people, no matter how dark or nasty or horrible we get, we always try to pull it back in and make it right. Hard part is that doesn't mean it disappears. We go to war. We fight battles. Does that mean the war is over? Uh, Not necessarily. War is war. Life is life. When someone feels wronged or taken advantage of or hurt in any way, watch the movie Kill Bill if you don't believe me. Watch the movie John Wick if you don't believe me. When you hurt someone or damage something that they care about, they're coming for you. It's my prayer that God let me make it right today, whatever I did wrong yesterday. Please let me make that right. If it's forgiveness, let me ask them for forgiveness. If I just need to spend time with them, let me spend time with them. If they need a hug, let me give them a hug. If I just need to say I'm sorry, let me say I'm sorry. What do they need from me so that they are whole? Did I take something from them? Can I give it back? So, with Cosby, R. Kelly, and MJ... There is a humanity and a legacy. And what's hard for me is I just don't want people's legacy to be so strong and so dominant that you forget that they're a human being just like you. I had to go over this uh, podcast in my head maybe two or three times so I could get it and get it right. It was just it was just too much. It was too hard to, to consider all of the aspects that come with them and, and, and from them. So I just decided, let me just do this loosely. I'm not going to talk about their allegations specifically. I'm not going to talk about each woman. I'm not going to talk about each album. I'm not going to talk about their success. I'm just going to speak in general because this thing is such a monster. It's so gigantic that I don't think you should be able to come to a conclusion Unless you've taken the time to do your homework. Just going by the way they made you feel when you felt good, that doesn't help anybody. Beer makes you feel good. Weed makes you feel good. Cocaine makes you feel good. Cheating makes you feel good. All these things make you feel good. But if you're not thinking about the effect that it has on the people that you're doing it to or the people that are around, you are sorely mistaken. Everything affects everyone. So if you're doing things in a discreet way, in a clean way, and nobody's getting hurt, or you're, <laughs> you're doing things in a way where, I don't know, you just keep secrets very well and nobody's getting hurt. Okay. 
But if you are damaging lives and creating a nightmare for someone for the rest of their life, I can't co-sign on that. I can't get with that. No, absolutely not. So with Cosby, with R. Kelly, with MJ and any star that would choose to do any of the things that they've done after them, it's just too much. And there are stars that you never hear from. You never hear drama from them. You never hear issues from them. And when you do, it's like the Will and Jada stuff. It's the, you know, Brad Pitt and Aniston or, or Angelina Jolie, it's the Miley Cyrus. You know, when it gets bad, it's bad. We know what's bad. I'm not saying cheating isn't bad, but mm, it's not as bad as this. People in their relationships are people in their relationships, but drugging people, chaining them up to a wall, making them sex slaves and abusing kids and and getting them drunk. That's a whole nother level. That's not Ashley Madison, Pornhub. And (laughs) like, we're not talking about S&M and and somebody getting spanked too hard. That's like human. This is like way beyond that. It's like angry growling monster type activity so I want to wrap this up Cosby, R. Kelly, MJ can I listen to the music before Neverland? I don't know I I might can I listen to R. Kelly's music and still that's up to you can I watch the Cosby show or Cosby stand-ups if you want and you can pull the wisdom out of what he's saying go ahead I'm not going to tell anybody what to do, but for me, I'm going to say that it did affect me greatly. It it hit me pretty hard. And if you're like me and you want to be honest and just say, hey, I have a daughter in this world. I have a child in this world and I would never want them to go through anything like this. Thank you. That's all I'm asking. Are you comfortable with your children going through something like that? The answer is no. Great. I'm not telling you what to think and how to think it, but I mean, you can kind of see what I feel and how I feel right now. But please don't let this legacy crowd and overwhelm the humanity of every person because we're all human. We all should have a judgment inside of ourselves, do right and wrong. But when we don't, you have to help. And these people, these mega stars have gone without help for too long. Don't let them be alone. Talk to them. Work with them. It's not okay to bully them into things and bully them out of that. You you think it's okay at the family reunion. You think it's okay when they're growing up, but you don't know what they're going to become. You don't know what this child is going to become. Don't breed a monster. Let's breed some more love. So, I appreciate you all taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, Thank you for taking your time with me on your morning drive, curled up in your corner, just chilling and relaxing. So thank you for tuning back in to Make It Plain Wayne. I love you. I hope you love me back. I'll see you next weekend and I'll see you soon.